Pigeon dung is streaked down the filthy, lifeless gold curtains now. Many of the wooden seats with ornate wrought iron armrests and wire hat racks are still in place, but others are broken and strewn throughout the decaying opera house. Once in a while, someone will speak of renovation, but soon loses interest when the cost of such a move becomes evident. And so the opera house stands, doors locked to the public, scenery left in place, and with the whoosh of pigeon wings, the only sound. That was an excerpt from an article Liz Schaff wrote for the Dayton Journal Herald in 1977. Over 40 years later, the opera house's grand doors are closed yet again, but she stands proudly restored, awaiting performers to delight her stage once more. Our story begins in 1888, the second time the opera house was built. The first one burnt down within a year due to a freak accident and unreliable gas lighting, but a new one was built soon after. This one was even more impressive than the last. The plans were brought from England by Cedarville-born ambassador Whitelaw Reed and is an exact one-third replica of the Royal Albert Hall in London, England. Many well-known names circulated through the opera house. Authors such as Charles Dickens and Mark Twain enthralled audiences with their stories, while performers such as Annie Oakley thrilled them with her skill. One actress, Eleanor Parker, found her start on this little stage, going on to play the Baroness in Rodgers and Hammerstein's The Sound of Music. Dr. James Phipps, longtime member of the Historical Society, explains how many of these speakers were part of the Lyceum Project for small towns. It was really to bring people up to speed about what was going on in the world outside of the rural areas. and People would come from miles around to hear these lectures. And uh, university professors from out east would, would travel and, and give their lectures. Uh, politicians would come and give their lectures, uh, talk about the events going on. It was, it was very, very much like uh, early news service in, in some ways. People came to see plays and political rallies, graduations and preachers. The opera house was the center of the community, and the people were her source of excitement. But times change. Less than 50 years later, the stream of audiences and entertainers slowed to a trickle. The trains didn't come as often, so people from... Uh, beyond 40 miles or whatever, would have to come by uh, horse and buggy or trench or, or foot or whatever. That, that really slowed things down. In 1955, high schoolers walked across her stage at graduation. Nervous chatter mingled with the applause of their family and friends. And then they left, and the doors closed, not to be opened again. Soon bats and pigeons moved in, making their nests on the dusty chandelier or in the elegant chairs, what used to be the coveted balcony seats. The five dressing rooms below stage are damp and lifeless now, one sporting a dirty table and another an ancient dresser, the mirror long gone with a crumbling and illegible newspaper clipping carefully placed in one drawer. The Opera House section of the building was condemned over 20 years ago. Only the town offices on the first floor remain, and there has been talk of tearing the building down. If these walls could only talk, 
1984, the Opera House briefly reopened for a play led by the women of Grace Baptist Church. It was called A Peek Into the Past at the Opera House. It featured dialogue between the grand old lady of Main Street herself and Grace, a townsperson exploring her history. That same year, the Opera House was placed on the National Register of Historic Places, and there was a renewed interest in restoring the elegant structure. It was actually initiated by some university students and then picked up on by a local committee. And then around the early 90s, uh, the uh, local committee got together and decided to try to reopen. The town began to raise funds to restore the Opera House, and in 1989, restoration began. The bats and pigeons were evicted, and the rotted beam was reinforced. I suppose we carried out two truckloads of uh, bird droppings. Yeah, I don't know that you want to say that. That kind of sounds kind of gross, but it was gross. And uh, all of that had to be cleaned up. Uh, most of the inside is uh, plaster. And of course, over deteriorating time, many patches had to be done and, and then repainted. So. In 1994, the Cedarville Opera House Society, Incorporated was formed, and the Opera House reopened on Labor Day that summer. The very first production to grace her newly painted stage was Oh Cedarville, a play that told the history of the town. Since then, the Opera House has been a center for many events, from community theater, dance recitals and concerts, to high school graduations and prayer meetings. Students from Cedarville University often perform there, much to the delight of their friends. The grand old lady of Main Street once again stands busy and proud among the little coffee shops and twinkling lights of Cedarville's downtown. But the Opera House stands silent once again. Still popcorn sits in the greasy cart, as yellow as the night it was made, but not nearly as appetizing. Soda cans pile up in little waste baskets, and the seats gather dust. The stage is empty, but the curtains are not lifeless, only waiting. The opera house is holding her breath until students and townspeople can once again fill her stage with light and music and stories. Her last event was a collaborative concert from both Cedarville University's jazz band and the local high school band. This is an annual event that is always well-received, and well attended. This was in early February. The order to close down was March 15th. A quick perusal of their website shows event after event with a bright red cancelled stamped over it. But this will not last forever. Theaters are still awaiting instructions, but they are unfortunately pretty far down the list of essentials. For the Opera House, they are waiting to hear about how many seats they can open up, as well as how to deal with other problems, such as the lack of restrooms. The committee hopes to open the Opera House's grand doors in mid-November, but even if this does not happen, we know she has not been abandoned. She is only waiting. <laughs>